0: That's noom.com to sign up today.
1: What's good, y'all? Welcome to In the Deep, a deep league focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pictureless Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, and welcome to our first episode of the regular season. I'm joined once again, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Christopher Schwebzee-Weber. Schwebzee, how are you doing today, buddy?
0: Hi, friends. I'm doing good. Uh, I probably sound different than I normally do because I'm recording from my new house. Uh, I've got a you know my, my a whole different setup, new microphone. Not a new permanent microphone, just kind of a temporary one-week thing, but it, it's, it's wild. It's weird. I don't like it. I don't like change
1: change is no good and shrubs these eyes i mean this is this is a good change though like being able to like being i know you said earlier when we were talking about a little bit that doesn't feel like it it still doesn't feel like your home yet i think a lot of that is not having like your things set up like once you get settled into the space and you have certain things set up like your gaming station and the podcast recording station
0: yeah it'll be a little bit better this isn't even where i'm going to record long term this is like this is going to be my work desk because i can't have my work desk be the same as my play desk or i will do absolutely no work
1: that's actually a really good call because, like, I try to do work at my computer here and I end up getting distracted by folks on Discord. Um,
0: I prob- probably have the that uh, undiagnosed, you know, adult ADD, but you know, we're, we're going to keep that undiagnosed.
1: That's fine. It's fine.
0: Uh, it's fine. It's fine.
1: Also, I did just mention Discord. Uh, if you're not already a member of PL+, Plus, be sure to join that. Obviously, you can join us. Uh, you get an ad-free website. On top of that, you can join us in our Discord server and hang out with us and talk about not just baseball, but literally pretty much everything. There's a channel for everything on there. Uh, I'm going to actually mention a few things we talked about on in the PL Plus Discord on tonight's episode, uh, so definitely feel free to join us there. You can join us uh, there through the Pitcher list website. Um, also, while we are here, let's just get the social medias out of the way. So on Twitter you can find us on our shared account at in the Deep PL. You can also find myself at Bunch bunch, Buntshingles. Uh bunch Singles, <laughs> and then Schwebzy at Schwebzy. That's S-H-W-E-B-S-I. Uh, and then if you like the podcast, feel free to drop us a nice five-star review and whatever else you want to throw on there. Uh,
0: the world's nice preeminent comment. The world's preeminent baseball and carpentry account, Bunt Shingles.
1: Shingles. Yes. Uh it's actually funny you say that. I used to lay shingles with my dad as a summer job when I was growing up. Huh. So that's a very be. handy boy. So I've heard. Um but yeah, so we were really trying to, before we recorded this episode, figure out
0: what in the world we were gonna talk about. Uh it's it's so funny <laughs> how quickly we go from I don't know what we're gonna talk about to here's two hours worth of notes. Yeah, like
1: there's a good chance we go long on this one, depending on how long we linger on each of these topics. But basically what we decide is because there's literally only been one, maybe two games for most teams so far this season. We're going to kind of go through each opening weekend series and cover from what we've seen so far in one or two games, what we think are maybe small tidbits that could help you in choosing maybe fab targets for this weekend or just like folks to keep your eyes on. Uh, And I think we did a pretty good job kind of pointing a few things out, uh, whether it's highlighting some of the folks that we already talked about in the preseason or some maybe new developments that we should keep an eye on. Um,
0: You know what this you know what this whole process has made me think? I I think we I think we could take this show daily, daily in the deep. (laughs) Schwabzi,
1: I love you. I do. I'm I'm looking at you direct to the webcam right now. I love you. Absolutely. The bleep not. No. No way.
0: Jordan would drive to North Carolina to to powerbomb a person twice his size if if he had to deal with me for hours and hours every day.
1: I will walk to North Carolina and Stone Cold stunner you. I'm not afraid. (laughs) WrestleMania was just this past weekend, wasn't it?
0: It was. Cody was making
1: his debut in WWE. Wow. Full circle.
0: Anyways. (laughs) I'm sure that's a thing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i don't even watch wrestling that was a big
0: deal dude i haven't done wrestling in like literal decades at this point
1: cody Rhodes, american nightmare get with it shwebzy okay anyways um so yeah we're gonna go team by, or sorry series by series talk about the two teams in that series and kind of talk about what we've seen so far in the one or two games and highlight some stuff that we think we should be paying attention to so shwebzy let's start off with your new york mets and the washington nationals um you wrote this one up Kick it off for me.
0: So I can't believe that I'm about to say this, but Robinson Cano has actually looked pretty good so far. He has. He really has. So in his last like thousand or so major league plate appearances, which dates back to 2018, he's got a 118 WRC plus and he looked legitimately awesome. The last time he played in 2020. Now, you know, we know what has happened since then with the steroid, uh they're not allegations this the steroid failed test yeah and and the missed two thousand twenty one so uh, I'm probably not going to roster him anywhere unless it's out of desperation, but if you need a desperation middle infielder now, I think you can do worse than the thirty nine year old can know. He might be a bit more slapdick than he used to be. It might be a more of a singles hitter than a power hitter, but the strikeout rate I think should remain low, and I think he he's going to be in a prime spot in the batting order. I think he's one of those Pujols-esque veterans who's got too much credibility to actually get knocked down to the nine hole. I think he's going to stay in one of those, you know, middle-of-the-order spots, like the six hole at worst.
1: I mean, at the very... I mean, he'll be tub-thumping, so if he gets, he does get knocked down, he will get back up again.
0: Oh, God, I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> uh, I feel like that was preempted because I'm about to assault you verbally. Uh, I also (laughs) I cannot wait to talk about Jeff McNeil all year long since Jordan refused,
1: insufferable Jeff McNeil hit a home run tonight and he sure did already is already insufferable
0: Jordan refused to we 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 were doing a board bet with each position preview episode and we Jordan refused to make a board bet with me I I I said I'll take Jeff McNeil you take any other middle infielder post 300 and Jordan refused but uh in his first nine plate appearances of this year, McNeil has five hits in a walk, including a dinger and five runs in RBI. It wasn't that long ago that Jeff McNeil was a 130 plus WRC plus guy. He was an all-star second baseman as recently as 2020, I think. I I would grab him if I No, there was no All-Star game in 2020. It was 2019. Yeah, correct. But uh, yeah, I would grab him if I could, if he's available in any of your deeper leagues. And uh on the Nats side of things. It is appalling, completely appalling that today uh, Yadiel Hernandez started over Lance Thomas. Lane Thomas. Lane Thomas. Lane doesn't Thomas. doesn't even
1: know his name.
0: <laughs> it's funny how often I get his name wrong when I actually legitimately do like him as a fantasy asset. Uh, Lane Thomas. and uh,
1: Known Washington Nationals outfielder, Lane <laughs> <lame> Timbus.
0: <laughs> yes. Tane Lamas. Uh, he's... It, like Lane Thomas is good. He's got promise. He's young. Yadel Hernandez is none of those things. Like it's gonna be a pretty bad team. But there's like surprisingly little of interest for us for like in, in the deep from the Nats, unless like Michael Franco comes back to life or Alcides Escobar can do what he did last year again. I don't know. But I I want Lane Thomas to get full-time plate appearances, and if Like yadiel Hernandez starts against. So wait, who started yesterday for the Mets? It was it was McGill, who. Oh my God, how am I how am I forgetting this? McGill is a righty, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah, so it's not a platoon thing because, you know, Max Scherzer is also a righty. So I'm not sure. I feel
1: like I feel like they said something along the lines of Yadiel Hernandez would basically like against right-handed pitching if they were a quote unquote like nastier right-handed pitcher, Hernandez would get the nod over Lane Thomas. I Strange. feel like I feel like I heard someone say that at one point. It might have been on the broadcast because I think I was watching the game last night for a bit. Um because hmm. I watched well, the McGill start. Yeah.
0: That's something that we'll absolutely have to keep an eye on. But uh as far as the future Keep an eye on John Adon. I, I might be saying that first name wrong. It's J O A N, uh, but he's starting uh, today when you're listening to this, which will be Saturday, and he is probably the most intriguing non Josiah Gray arm on the team until Kate Cavalli gets promoted. I know uh, our, uh, our our father Nicholas Peter Pollock loves John Adon for his one start last year.
1: Daddy Nick does like John uh, Adon.
0: Nicholas Papa Papa. Hello, Papa.
1: <laughs> um, I want to cut that out and just send it to Nick. Um, <laughs> but anyways, no, I like everyone, everything that you pointed out here, Schwebzy. Um, I really also I just because I thought of it uh, while you were talking about this and I had to get this in. I will say that if you reorganize the letters in um, Lane Thomas's name, it spells Neil Hotmess. And that's kind of what it is when you want to roster him, it's kind of a hot mess. So um that's what I'm gonna call him from now on.
0: <laughs> I'm always impressed by your on-the-fly anagrams. I really am.
1: It's I. it's, it's I a don't gift. Know. I I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why that's one of the things that I'm really good at is anagrams, but that's it, I don't know.
0: It just means you're briefly borrowing the one brand cell that we have between us.
1: Yeah, we just yeah, we pass it back and forth. We share, taking turns. Um are you okay if we skip past the next one that you wrote just oh yeah we're
0: gonna be hopping yeah. around these notes yeah. like crazy Let's try to
1: alternate okay so i'm gonna talk about the padres and d-backs here real quick so while i, I okay i'm gonna talk about someone mostly just because i want to take a very very small victory lap <laughs> Uh, and also highlight something that I'm working on, which I will hopefully have released. I was trying to get it done before the season started, but now at this point, I'm just going to kind of take my time with it and make sure it's really good. Uh, I just want to talk about Sean Manaya. He was someone that I called out on both Twitter and the PL plus discord. Um, as someone who I thought was going to be very, very good this year, I said before he got traded away from the A's to the Padres that I thought he was going to be the best pitcher on the A's this year, better than Frankie Montes. Um, and tonight, he threw seven shutout innings against the D-backs, which was very, very exciting. Um, the thing that really made me excited about Manaya is that I've been working on this new, I've been working on this article and this new metric called Weighted Earned Strikes Percentage, which is a form of CSW that is weighted uh, to take into account the competitive environment that is introduced, depending on what count the pitch is being thrown in. So basically like two strike CSW is much lower than zero strike CSW. So technically if you throw a two strike call strike or with, uh, it should be worth a little bit more than pitches earlier in the count sort of thing. So, um, something that I've been working on with Jeff Nicholas at Pitcherless, it's been really, really fruitful and I can't wait to share that with you, but we made a leaderboard that I've been peeking at. And Manaya is someone that seems to perform very, very well, uh, Later in counts, and he ranks higher on the weighted earned strikes leaderboard than he does on the CSW leaderboard. So, that was just something that I wanted to point out real quick. Um, as far as actual targets for us in our deep leagues, I would say that Austinola is leading off against left-handed pitchers? Question mark. We'd love like to he, see it. Him, Seeing him leading off was something that was very curious, and also it makes me feel real good about calling him out uh, in our, one of our preseason episodes. I mean, I just like Padres catchers in general. Between Nola, I think provides like a really good average floor and a really good hit tool, uh, and rakes with people on base. Um, Jorge Alfaro tonight went, I think, two for three with a double and a single, and looked really, really good. Um, I think it was two for four, actually. I think he uh, either rounded out or struck out a second time in his fourth at-bat anyways um both of them looked really good so i'm excited about that and i think they're both really good catching streaming options i'm not sure on roster numbers for both of them off the top of my head i didn't look those ones up um but i assume that they're probably rostered in less than 50 percent of leagues each um yeah and in terms of the d-backs cooper hummel has been getting a lot of buzz and he did lead off tonight uh, which i was curious about uh but i have to be honest i have not done enough research into hummel to recommend him so i'm just going to kind of say keep an eye on it uh i myself have to do more research on him too
0: alex chamberlain likes him and he is much smarter than either of us both of us together probably he
1: he is he has two at least two brain cells to rub together huge unlike us.
0: huge brain yes exactly.
1: Uh, And then the other one I wanted to point out is that Christian Walker is only 3% rostered and he's been hitting for it the past two days. He's going to be hitting in the heart of that lineup. They don't really have a lot of great depth in terms of bats and there's not going to be anyone that's really challenging uh, Christian Walker for playing time. So he's definitely worth considering at a corner infield spot in deeper leagues or in like your NL only leagues.
0: I've said before that I think every single cleanup hitter in baseball should be rostered.
1: Yeah, every three and four hitter should be. Absolutely.
0: Just because they're they're in such a prime spot to accumulate the counting stats that kind of, like... I, I feel like 80, 90 RBI guys are kind of underrated because, like, they don't hit that big round number, but they're still valuable.
1: Yeah, even, like, 70, 75.
0: Like Especially, Christian Walker yeah.
1: gives you that in a very, very deep league. You're going to love that. Excuse me. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, and that's honestly... There wasn't much else that I could glean. I guess Merrill Kelly had a pretty decent start tonight. Um, I don't know what his roster ship numbers look like. I actually forgot about that. His start was halfway decent. He had seven strikeouts, which was more than a lot of people uh, suspected that he would get, at least according to like I a know. lot of DFS props. He had a good spring training, too.
0: I, I have a nagging feeling about Merrill Kelly that he's going to have a big year, because I feel like I, I just keep on hearing whispers here and there of, like, you know, he went to drive line or something similar and like you know, the big spring training, and I feel like I'm going to wind up regretting later that I didn't have any shares. Someone in the pitcherless Discord mentioned today, I, I or, or maybe it was a Nick's Twitch uh, stream. Someone, met, uh, I think Nick was talking about like how Sandy Alcantara was going to be like the only 200 inning pitcher this year, and someone was like Merrill Kelly's yeah. going to be a 200 inning pitcher, and it's like so out of left field. But I feel like I just keep on hearing his name pop up in weird places, and it's I'm going to wind up regretting not having any of him.
1: How many innings pitched did he have last year? I would have to look at that. I feel like he was probably around like 165-ish, yeah, maybe. I think he got
0: hurt at one point. But I, I can like that pull quick. that up. Very but cool. uh, while we're looking that up, uh, I'm going to move on.
1: Reds in he Atlanta had, next? He had
0: 158, by the way. 150. Okay, yeah. I wasn't too far off then. 27 starts. So, yeah, I did miss a few. But I mean, we'll we'll see. He had a two, two five nine ERA in thirty innings in twenty twenty. Is that his upside? Two five
1: nine? <laughs> I, I don't know. No. <laughs> no.
0: No. Probably
1: the not. not but, but um, encouraging stuff in spring training, and his first start was pretty decent. Like not, nothing crazy, but uh, I don't even know what his ADP was. It was post three hundred
0: for sure, right? His ADP was not worth mentioning. Yeah. So.
1: Uh, he's going to be out there probably on the wire. If you want to stream him at any point, he's, he's definitely not the worst streamer that you could pick up at any point during the season. I think there's far worse targets that you can take a, take a stab with, but all right, uh, let's move to the reds in Atlanta. Schwebzy.
0: So we actually, we, we put out the call for some mailbag questions and a a lot of them, a lot of what we got back was, uh, was Braves centric for some reason, but uh, of course, uh, in, on our, our Google form where we take mailbag questions from Twitter, we were told <laughs> that uh, we, we need to pay attention to tomorrow's Braves starter, Kyle Wright. Yes, correct. I, I don't know who could have possibly submitted that question. Uh, personally, I don't really,
1: personally, I don't know who Kyle Wright is.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't really know anybody who's a big fan of Kyle Wright, personally. Yeah. But, I, I mean, last time we saw Kyle Wright, he was absolutely shoving in the World Series. Do you do you think that we're going to have another Wasgar Enoa you know, situation this year, where a Braves starter kind of comes out of nowhere and just shoves, like whether it's Spencer Strider or Kyle Wright? I mean, they have got a, a lot of
1: really interesting arms. I think that
0: <sighs> I feel like it's it, can, it could Waves.
1: Happen. I feel. I feel like. I feel like we're all going to try to catch a wave at one point or another. It could be literally any one of them at any given time, and I think that they're all going to have their moments throughout this season. And it's going to be pretty much, did you pull the trigger at the right time with any given one of them? Like we saw, Noah's upside for an extended period last year. I think that Kyle Wright last year in the at the highest stage uh, performed really, really well. I I know that Nick is uh, he's adored what Spencer Strider has done, including asking us a question when we asked for mailbag questions if you should drop Aaron Ashby for Spencer Strider. Nick, no is the short answer i'm I'm pretty sure that that you can roster both yeah i think you could roster both honestly i i I do like what i've seen from strider so far um and like very very deep leagues i don't know if he's necessarily worth tracking down in like your 12 teamers obviously probably not but
0: from from the big lefty we got two perfect innings with five strikeouts (sighs) baby which you'd love to see. And that's the kind of performance that has to open deep league manager eyes because a bulk reliever is still valuable in our leagues. So even Mm -hmm. if he doesn't get a starting spot, if he can put up huge K numbers in, you know, two inning stints, three inning stints, that's very valuable for us. That's exactly what I talked about with uh, Christian Javier uh, a week or two ago.
1: Yeah. And then also, I mean, you think about like we're in a dynasty league, not the one that we share a team, but the one that we play against each other and which we're currently matched up in right now, actually, for the first uh, match of who's, the year.
0: Uh, who's winning that?
1: Me, by the end of it. Um, oh, <laughs> by <the> end of <laughs> it yeah. 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 Um, but one of our categories is K per nine. And that's something that Strider is probably going to provide a pretty solid ratio in, I can only assume. Uh, can,
0: so, can, you, uh, can you take the lead on this for a little bit while I go check the uh, free agents and see if Spencer Strider is out there?
1: Yeah, uh, are we good on... No.
0: Uh, there? There is a little bit about the Reds. Uh, Brandon Drury okay. has like two or three good games every year, and you already missed one of them because he had it today. Uh, <laughs> and it's just my way of saying don't read into it. You probably should not care about Brandon Drury. He's hitting ninth for one of the worst teams in baseball for a reason. Uh, it's slightly interesting that Aristides Aquino hits second on opening day, but... So that was against, a, that was against Max, Max Freed, a lefty. So mm-hmm. maybe he hits early in the order against lefties, but he also struck out four times in that game and then sat today. So this might only be a verse lefties thing and probably not worth chasing. We all like to fondly remember that time where he hit all the home runs in the world for a week or two, or more like a month. But uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, I, I don't think that's going to happen again.
1: Yeah, I think we can probably steer clear of him. Um, although, I do remember that run that was... It was wild. It was beautiful. He's, he's was fast, great. too. He is, yes. He, uh, he had a pretty good catch in right field, I think, last night as well. I think that was. I think that catch happened while they were interviewing Joey Votto because I watched the Joey Votto on-field interview after the fact. Uh, I think I watched it earlier today. Well, actually, it was on lunch at work today.
0: You know, what's very yeah. funny is that I can't quit spe- uh, Sam Hilliard and yet, Aquino, I'm just like, eh. Just brush they're, like, they're, yeah. they're like the same guy, and I, I just for I can't quit one.
1: You're not wrong. You're not wrong.
0: <laughs> I actually finally cut bait on Hilliard in a league or two, which made me oh, really sad. I oh know. My God, I know.
1: Schwebzee turning over a new leaf. Wow. Look at this boy.
0: So I'll pick him up in a week or two.
1: <laughs> Come running right back. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could quit you. Susie, um, it's
0: a dinger. Oh, hey!
1: Speaking of which, guess who's next on my list of uh, teams that I was going to talk about? Who's that? The Dodgers and Rockies. What a segue! Wow.
0: Um, That's why I brought up Sam Hilliard for the yeah, segue. Yeah, for sure.
1: Definitely. Um, so
0: we just can't really talk
1: about anyone on the
0: Dodgers. The Dodgers are useless for us.
1: Like they're all like I was like the worst player in their starting lineup is what like Gavin Lux.
0: Yeah, and he's he's still rostered in like 40% of Yahoo Leagues or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, north of 40, I think. it's Yeah, so there's not really anyone that we can really go to there. And then in terms of the Rockies, it's still just like, meh. I mean, again, we've gotten one game out of this, so we don't really have a whole lot to glean from the one lineup that we've seen. Um, I guess the one person I would maybe point out is that Jose Iglesias is only 2% rostered in ESPN and Yahoo Leagues, and just like everyone else, sees a bump from playing in Coors.
0: Um, i love the iglesias
1: his defense is great so he's going to be on the field all the time so there are the uh plate appearances are going to be there um i don't really see him as much more than like a stopgap filler when you need someone to fill in a middle infield spot on a like a day off or something like that like if you're in a weekly matchup
0: league where you have daily lineups um i think he's he's a babbitt dependent player in coors field
1: yeah very true i mean he had a double so he had a double in an rbi today against the dodgers um other than that, there's not really anyone else that I'm particularly interested in on the Rockies or obviously the Dodgers because they're all rostered at too high of a rate for us to talk about. So were, this were is a short in, one.
0: Were you in the pitcherless Discord when Kyle Friedland was going nuts for like two innings?
1: I I went back and saw the messages after the fact, and I was like, "What? Why are people <laughs> freaking out? Like, why was he wasn't even that good?"
0: Kyle Freeland is dead to me because last year he was coming off the IL and he had like two absolute cupcake matchups. And I said on the podcast, if Kyle Freeland can't take advantage of these two matchups, he's dead to me and he did not do it. So um, I stick to my guns. I'm taking the very bold stance that Kyle Freeland is dead to me.
1: Friendship ended with Kyle Freeland. It's my new best friend.
0: (laughs) Hot take. Don't think Cal Freeland's that good.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I am not particularly interested in anyone and please don't talk about Ashton Goodo in front of me ever. Just, just tip for any, that's not just for Shwebby. That's a tip for anyone. Don't want to talk about it. I hope Ashton
0: Goodo becomes the closer. Absolutely uh, not. So I I feel, I feel a little bit uh, grimy stealing these teams from you, but uh, I I wrote up the Brewers and Cubs and, uh, This isn't exactly a deep league thing, but I feel like it warrants mentioning because I have actually seen Hendricks, uh, Kyle Hendricks, as a free agent in a couple of my leagues. Yes. But watching the start, it kind of looked like Kyle Hendricks might be back because his changeup was just completely falling off the table and it was doing work. He made some really not bad Brewers hitters, which is high praise. They're really not that they're they're really not bad. they've gotten a lot Uh, better. They've gotten a lot less bad. Uh, so he got 13 whiffs on his changeup and got had a 45% CSW on the changeup and a 37% CSW overall. Obviously, he's not going to maintain that for a full season, but if he were to, that would be like elite. He had a great start against the Brewers. So, you know, you know, especially in like dynasty leagues where older pitchers get ignored, I think that's where I picked him up, you know. Take a look, see if you can get him. He'll be he could be valuable for this year. And then Taven uh, Robertson got a save. I'm not sure what that's about because I he was like third on my list of uh, potential Cubs closers. But I mean, he got a save. He only he gave up a hit, got a strikeout. Uh Michael Gibbons made an appearance before him. Uh, the team went Chris Martin, then Rowan Wick, and then Givens, and then Robertson. So maybe we should be looking more closely at Givens and Robertson for the save ops. But it sounded like uh, David Ross was going to kind of play it by ear and go with the hot hand. And since Robertson was successful, maybe he's the hot hand and they keep giving him the ball. Where we were, Honestly, we still don't know at this point. We were surprised by Robertson getting the save, and we're going to have to see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I am not particularly interested in chasing. I mean, just from a skill set perspective, I know that our good buddy Mikey Aheeto is very high in Michael Gibbons. That's probably where I would want to go most likely, um, in terms of just just quality of pitcher. Um, and I think that he could run away with the role if he was given the opportunity. Um, I I have people that have started auctions in some of my auto new leagues and people who have. Put in waiver claims that i've seen for robertson i am not particularly interested in chasing him at this point i i I don't know i don't want to get caught in the just endless closer carousel that could be the chicago cubs and so many other teams in the league like one of them got solved like we were talking about the padres we you talked about robert suarez who got i mean, I mean we're kind of skipping around here and we haven't talked or we did talk about them already um that was
0: among the worst debuts i've ever seen
1: yeah it was really really rough and like again but that's the thing is it's it's one outing it's it's a very very small sample size it may not be indicative of what he's going to perform like throughout the course of the season but yeah it was it did not leave a good taste in a lot of people's mouths and now that taylor rogers is there and very clearly has that role has been named the closer and just got his first save tonight um that pushes Suarez even further off the table if you're in a saves-only league. Like, if you're in a saves-hold league, maybe you can still roster him and think about it. But I think for now, you just got to kind of cut bait and look elsewhere. So, yeah. Little sidebar back to the Padres there, but um, relevant nonetheless.
0: How about, uh, how about your boy Kutch?
1: Kutch, I'm... So, Kutch is really, really interesting because against a right-handed pitcher, he batted cleanup, which was very, very cool. He ended up, like, what, he went three for four. He had four hard-hit balls and went three for four yesterday.
0: He hit an accidental double that got kind of blown back into play from foul territory. That one was fun.
1: Yeah, so that was cool. Um, But, no, he looked great, obviously, yesterday, but then today... They did release the lineups before the game got postponed. It's going to get made up on May 30th, I think, is the date that they set it for. Um, McCutcheon was slated to hit first today against a left-handed pitcher. And this is like the exact thing. I I talked about this. This is the exact thing that the Brewers needed with someone who was able to put up good numbers against left-handed pitching. and like His OPS was north of 1,000 last year against left-handed pitchers. If this is what Kutch is going to be for the Brewers, hitting first and fourth, on any given day, he is grossly under rostered, yes. especially in like NL only leagues, fifteen team leagues. Like he should be. If you have if you have daily moves, because there's gonna be times where he's gonna rest, maybe not be in the lineup, whatever. Um, he is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely worth a roster spot. This really excites me.
0: And we had a we had a Nico Horner dog. One of we my did. favorite. One of my favorite like hypotheticals. Right now is like, if you give Nick Madrigal and Nico Horner both full-time plate appearances for a season, will they accrue more war or hit more home runs?
1: Right now, I think they're on pace right, for more right, home right runs. Right now, home
0: runs have the lead, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah Nico hit a home run. He was hitting out of the nine spot. Um, I am shocked that they had him sitting on the bench today before the game got postponed. I just think that the defense is way too good. And I think that the hit tool is really, really solid. And I think that I, I really do think that the hit tool is going to pull him out of that nine spot. And he will be hitting at the top of the order, either one or two at some point during the season. I really think it's inevitable.
0: So who is who was that short with Nico sitting? Oh, gosh. Is it I VR? Yes, uh, it, VR. It, it, yes it, it, it was VR. It okay. was
1: VR. 100% sure on that.
0: I mean, from a fantasy perspective, we do. Kind of like seeing VR getting plate appearances because he's, yeah, a, he's a he's a he's f- a nice versatile late round target or yep. was in drafts when rounds were still a thing. I guess we're kind of past draft season now. True,
1: but yeah, but no, yeah. someone that's multi position eligible and can steal bases, which is really nice. Although Nico can also do that because he is. I mean, Nico is also incredibly fast.
0: Nico is so. way faster than VR. VR is just a, a wizard and. Continues to steal. He's never been that fast. It's wild. He just has the intent and the instincts to steal bases. Yep. It's really r- impressive, honestly. Yeah. So we we said earlier that Nicholas Patches Pollock was asking if he wanted to cut Aaron Ashby for Spencer Strider. You said no. What did you see from Ashby?
1: <sighs> so today, or sorry, so yesterday, watching his outing, he was not super effective. He led with a slider like he threw a slider more than any other pitch. His command of the slider was not what it is when he is on. And I kind of just want to chalk it up to like the cold weather and him not being used to pitching in that, in those conditions. Um, I think that it was just an off day. Um, And again, it's just one outing, so you can't really put that much stock into it. The one thing that was kind of encouraging about it is that he did not have his slider. No. But I'm just really impressed with how he's turned his change up into like an actual legit weapon. Um it had a 38% CSW, I think, today. I don't know where I put that in my notes. Oh wait, there it is. Exactly. Yeah it is yeah 38% CSW uh yesterday. It's just nice that he has another pitch that he can rely on outside of his slider if it's not particularly working that day, like he left so many sliders up and out of the zone or at the top of the zone um just very clearly did not have it uh but it is what it is. I think that at some point I think he's just gonna completely ditch that curveball. He only threw one in this outing, and it was never really a good pitch for him last year it had a thirty three percent c s w last year, but that was because he only threw like 12 of them all season and every single one of it with between all of his outings, just, it, it wasn't a good weapon for him. He left it up in the zone a lot. I don't really like it that much. Um, and, I don't know. I, I think this is, I think this is a, just a, an off day for him. I think that once the weather warms up, I think that he will be a better pitcher.
0: And do not be alarmed. Those of you who were relying on Ashby to be a starting pitcher, don't be alarmed that he came in in relief we're pretty sure that that just happened because as the number six starter, he wasn't going to start for another four or five days anyway. So they just got him some work in uh, in relief this game.
1: Exactly. And then I think the other thing with Ashby too is like, he's bound to have a blow up at one point or another. And it's because of his profile, like the slider, if it's not working, isn't great. Obviously like that's, that's his bread and butter. He needs to be throwing, he needs to be getting strikes with that. Um, that's what the rest of his repertoire really plays off of. And then because he has that heavy sinker and because he is such a ground ball pitcher, there's just gonna be times where he gets babbipped into oblivion.
0: Or has pop-ups dropped. That was awful.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that ultimately didn't hurt him because he ended up getting a double play, or no, that was after the double play ball, but he was still able to get out of the inning. Um but just stuff like that. Like he's gonna have ground balls that are hit sort of hard, maybe even not that hard that are like little dribblers that people will beat out. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that this was kind of just a, an off day for him. I think, like I said, it's almost so like Luis Castillo, because Luis Castillo always seems to struggle in the colder weather, and then once it starts to warm up, it gets a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, right. I think it's a similar thing for Ashby.
0: All right, so what about, uh, what about our favorite in the deep team, the uh, San Francisco Giants?
1: Ah, uh, dude. Oh, man. I, it was a fun game. Today's game was very, very fun. Um, I'm trying to find my notes now. Where'd we go? Right above. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Um, we're hopping around. So we are hopping around. Um, so the thing that, I mean, it's only been literally one game. But kind of as we suspected at
0: bats, Giants
1: hitters are probably going to be scattered.
0: They are who we thought they were.
1: Exactly. Um, but when you do get those at bats, you know how to squeeze them in there. Uh, their hitters stay goaded. They're all very, very good. Um, like Darren Ruff, especially like his play discipline is still there. The walk rate's going to be great this year. I can only assume. Um, and he smacked the crap out of the ball today. He had exit velos of 110 and 99. So two really hard hit balls. Um, Wilmer Flores, someone that we pointed out, uh, as a potential target because of his multi-position eligibility and the injury to Evan Longoria, who's going to be out for a while, had three hard hit balls today. Um, it's just really an iffy thing if you have a weekly lineup to try to set it and actually get the most out of these guys. So if you have daily lineups and you want to squeeze as much juice out of these guys as you can, then feel free to do it phrasing. Um,
0: <laughs> uh, be- it it's worth mentioning that Joey Bart, who like the prospect shine, I feel like has mostly come off really quickly. Yeah, but he, I mean, the Giants need someone to catch now that Buster Posey is enjoying retirement. Mm-hmm. And Joey Bart hit a home run today, struck out twice, but you know he he had a he also took a walk, so strong first game of the season for him. And he his ADP was so low that I have to imagine that he's uh available in a lot of leagues
1: yeah he's definitely available as a catching streamer i would think um in a good portion of leagues
0: on uh, but on the other side of that matchup the miami marlins one of my guys from this preseason yes I, I keep calling it the preseason like it's football i don't even do football i don't know why i keep calling it the preseason what but from what's the what? off season what's football that's yeah no i, I made it up uh garrett Sounds cooper fake. Garrett Cooper from the Miami Marlins hit second today. I thought he was going to hit cleanup. I, I, I mean, for someone with his profile, which is like the uh, good batting average middling power, I guess the second hole is probably better for him, really. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of an adage now where, like, you put your best hitter in the two hole, and I don't know if that's quite Garrett Cooper, but that's quite the vote of confidence for him hitting that. Yes, He's only rostered in one or two percent of leagues in both ESPN and Yahoo. I talked about him in the on the wire post 300 mock draft. Yep. And he hit the ball hard a couple times in the first game, as he is wont to do. And he's going to be in line for plenty of counting stats if he maintains that spot in the batting order, which I believe he will, because I don't think he's going to stop hitting ever. Yeah,
1: absolutely not. Uh, someone hitting in that kind of position in a lineup. Only being one to two percent rostered is criminal. Like we were nervous about him getting playing time, but they're if they're gonna play him and have him hit in that spot, like he needs to be on way, 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 way more teams than he is on right now.
0: I really liked that he was hitting. Uh, he was playing first base while Aguilar was DHing.
1: I think that's the correct thing. I think he's probably more mobile. aguilar is not like older old or anything like that but he's definitely not as mobile at first base as he once was and i think that cooper might be a better option there so although i do love as uh, as a bofa i do love Jesus aguilar very very fun player
0: we we love our bofas around here
1: yes we do um all right so we're already about 40 minutes into this episode let's take a quick break (laughs) and we will be right back All right, we are back. Excellent. Okay, Schwabzi, what do we want to hop to next here?
0: Uh, let's let's do, let's do Phillies athletics. The the one interleague matchup of the week of the Beautiful. the day. Let's do the it. Day week whatever. What is time? So the Bryson. <laughs> the I uh, I understood that reference. The mm-hmm. Bryson's that promotion through one game has been a rousing success. So I'm I'm really proud of the Phillies for having their first successful prospect since. Uh, Reese, Reese Hoskins, I think. Question mark? Aaron Nola? I don't know. But uh, I generally avoid rostering players from teams that I actively hate. Like, you will find... That you, I, I, I want to say that I have zero Yankees on any teams, like any of my 10 teams. That but sounds correct. I, I, it's just I, I can't bring myself to draft them generally. But I broke my rule a few times this year. And I have several shares of Bryson Stott. So now I get to play the fun game where I root for Stott's success and the Phillies' demise simultaneously, even though those uh, results are kind of at odds with each other. Stott had a good first game. Alec, boom, sat. Stott went two for four with a run and a ribby, only one strikeout. Played third base. Supposedly, he's got the versatility to play third, short, and second base. So maybe Stott just kind of rotates between the three, giving those guys days off. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, good first day for him.
1: Really, though, shout out to Ellen Adair for melting your cold heart and convincing you to roster a Phillies player.
0: It might might have been 100% because of her.
1: Probably. I can only assume.
0: I don't have any shares of Matt Veerling, so I don't know if we can attribute too much to that.
1: Old exit (laughs) Velo Veerling.
0: I I joked on Twitter today that we should start calling the uh, the athletics the Oakland Fs after their offseason. But uh, that shade does not extend to Seth Brown and Chad Pinder, both of whom I really like this year. They both hit dingers in the first game of the season. And uh, like there are a handful of other Oakland players that I'm mildly interested in. Like, I, I don't know, like Tony Kemp, Kevin Smith, I uh, maybe maybe Andrus or Pache in the right situation if they run. But the ones that i the the ones that I like am actually invested in and have shares of on teams are Pinder and Brown, and I think those two are going to be the source of the most fantasy goodness on this team this year.
1: yeah I think in order of like interest for me for those guys you just named, I would say Pinder then Brown, then Kevin Smith, then Kemp, something like that. um you pointed out how hard Pinder hit the ball and how frequently um it has me almost like wishing that he had a better stadium to hidden yeah
0: yeah i Uh, mean they they played in philly today which is obviously good for hitters and but i mean hey they they do get to play 81 games outside of oakland too so yeah they'll have their chances all
1: right excellent um anything else on that i think that was everyone we wanted to cover cool
0: cannot uh, stop talking about the phillies for another second
1: Okay, I'm gonna give you someone. I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna leave this off because I did write up a section, but I do want to let you uh talk about someone potentially here. Uh, so we're gonna talk about the Pirates and Cardinals real quick. Uh, we see, is it Yoshi Sutsugo season? How are you feeling about this?
0: I, I think it is Yoshi Sutsugo season. I was I was a, I was a little early, but I I am fully jumping back on the Yoshi Sutsugo bandwagon that I used to be the conductor on. Uh, he he had two singles. He's hitting in a prime spot in the batting order. You know who else is in a prime spot in the batting order in Pittsburgh? Bofa, Daniel Vogelbach.
1: Hitting leadoff, which was the strangest thing. The strangest. I don't I don't, I don't <laughs> Does not compute. I, <laughs> I, I love Vogelbach as a person and I think that in terms of just like like a clubhouse presence, he's amazing like you can tell everyone just adores daniel vogelbach i do not understand why he's hitting leadoff for
0: any team at any point um yeah i that's that's all i have to say about that the pirates pirates gonna pirate pirates gonna pirate
1: but yes um so and also it's it's worth noting we literally just spent a good chunk of time last week covering the pirates so, if you want to really hear our like extended and more in depth feelings on them, you can feel free to backtrack and go to last week's episode because I think no. most of our sentiment from that episode stands. We've we, again, we've gotten one game. Um, I think more so the interesting stuff is on the Cardinal side of things. Uh, Paul DeYoung hit amazingly well in spring training and retained that shortstop job after it was questionable whether he was going to retain it or not. And he's only five percent rostered right now. Um, that's pretty good for like a stopgap shortstop or like middle infield uh, piece, and he's only five percent rostered, so he should be available out there in a lot of your deeper leagues. Um, the lineup around him is really, really good. Like I was looking at this Cardinals lineup while I was doing research for this episode, and I really didn't think about it until today. And it is... I'm genuinely worried as a Brewers fan. That this team is gonna push and push and push. Once, uh, or just as this season goes on, like I'm genuinely nervous about it.
0: It's like there there are enough stars here now that if you just sprinkle in just a little bit of devil magic, you've got a really strong lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean the you top like five, you... even even like counting Pujols, who like still had two really hard hit balls today. Um, I still don't think Pujols should be hitting at the in the middle of that order by any means. Like I think it should be like harrison bader or paul de young hitting in that five spot but i mean still a really really solid lineup from top to bottom
0: bader and edmund hitting after pool and Molina is like malpractice but it's never going to change because those guys are just such legends in st louis true
1: and like honestly
0: like for good, fantasy, good for them
1: yeah for like fantasy purposes it's frustrating but at the same time good for them like they've earned it they've had storied careers and they deserve that good
0: for them they said through the most gritted of teeth
1: yeah good for them (laughs) great
0: yeah
1: love to see it love to see it super fun yeah (laughs) um but no uh Paul Dion, De definitely worth checking out. Also, Harrison Bader, which is uh, someone that Schwabzi converted me on um, over the offseason. Multiple, like we talked about Harrison Bader so many times. Not even just on like any podcast or anything like that. We've just you and I have had conversations about him. I can't count on both hands how many times we talked about him. He went two for four. Um, it really stinks that he is stuck at the bottom of the order again, behind Molina and behind Pujols. Because I think that he could. I think I I think I prefer him as the five hitter over De Young, for sure. I think it should be like five, six, uh, Bader, De Young, and then seven, eight. Uh, Pujols, I, I do think I do Polina. think Bader works
0: his way up over the year.
1: Uh, same, definitely. I think that he's gonna outperform where he is at right now. They're gonna want to push him up as the season rolls along. But, um, I think that depending on the day, he could just fluctuate for now between six and eight. Yeah just depending on who's going to be in the starting lineup, because Pujols isn't going to play every day, obviously. Yachty's going to probably need a breather here and there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a couple of really interesting targets there that are under-rostered, in our opinion, at least, and should be available for you, potentially in your 15-teamers in your NL-only leagues. Yeah, all right, uh, let's go to, what do we get next? The Guardians and Royals, Schwebzi.
0: Yeah, I I think we could be pretty pretty quick with this one. Like the Guardians technically have a lot of guys on their team who should interest us considering they're barely rostered, but also a lot of these guys are barely rostered because they're not very good at baseball. Uh, The two guys that I do want to point out are Stephen Kwan. If you need batting average, uh, potential, I mean, in any other year, he'd be a potential rookie of the year contender, but uh, it is just an absolutely loaded field in the AL this year. And then Andres Jimenez, if you need speed, uh, Jimenez has a history of running like, uh, at, a, at a really high rate, not, not quite like Tyler Wade of last year or Adalberto Montesi, but he ran frequently the last time he got major league run. Uh, and on the other side of this series, uh, a name that I've seen floated around a lot and is currently at 6% rostered for the Royals is Hunter Dozier. He's one of those guys who we've all kind of been waiting for some kind of breakout for a while now. He had a really good spring training. He's hitting sixth in an okay enough batting order. So, I mean, I think he's fine. Uh, similar to Cano, like if, if you're in dire need of a corner infielder, I think you could do a lot worse than Hunter Dozier as a, as a breakout play. And then uh, more of a speculative thing, I'm keeping my eye on Kyle Isbell. Because I think there's some really juicy power, speed, fantasy potential here. If he stumbled into some playing time due to like an injury or Michael A. Taylor falling on his face or something,
1: yeah, I can do that. Um, kind of, I'm kind of on the Dozier train. Enough people have really hyped him up that I'm interested in at least taking a flyer in a couple leagues.
0: Um, I just got to find the, the, a room. The Dozier bulldozer. Yes. Correct.
1: Uh, the bulldozer.
0: Yeah. There we go. There it is.
1: Um. Yeah, that's a pretty quick, easy one. Um, not a ton to talk about there. I guess I'm trying to think. There's anyone else? on, like the guardians that I want to bring up.
0: It's a very stars and scrubs team.
1: Yeah, that's kind of yeah, that's kind of what it is. Yeah, I'm not really interested in anyone else there. I don't think. Um. I guess. Yeah, let's just go to, what is it, the next one? Astros and Angels? Yeah. Yeah, all right, cool. Let's uh, see what we got here. Oh, yeah, so Jeremy Pena is still, even though he is the starting shortstop for the Astros, still hovering right around 20%, and he had his first homer tonight, so I don't think this is going to last long. He's probably going to get added in a lot of leagues over the weekend, I would assume, especially Sunday night for Fab. Four Um, hard-hit balls tonight. Yes. In four plate appearances? Might have four at five. bats might've been five anyways. Yeah. Still hitting minor hard. detail. Yeah. Hitting the ball hard a lot. Um, so he is sitting seventh in the order currently. And if any of us know dusty Baker, he is not going to move from that spot ever. <laughs> good news is that. <laughs> is, Kyle Tucker. Yeah. Good news is that Kyle Tucker is right ahead of him in the order. And like that lineup is stacked offensively. Uh, he's going to, he's going to be fine. He's going to have plenty of opportunities to drive in runs. In that spot, although behind him isn't as promising with like Chas McCormick or or Jose Siri and then Martin Maldonado behind him in the lineup. Um, so maybe a little bit more of an opportunity there for RBIs than for runs, I would guess. Um, So, yeah, if Jeremy Pena is available in your league. Take a flyer like he's going to be playing every day, probably for the Astros. And that's awesome offensive uh composition to be found in as a. Young, young shortstop. But yeah, um, and then as for the Angels, so he is on the IL. Got put on the IL. I think it might have been retroactively. Um, Taylor Ward was announced. It was announced that he was going to be the everyday left fielder once he comes off the IL, which is really, really interesting. Um, he's pretty much universally unrostered on ESPN and Yahoo. It's like one to zero percent, uh, depending on what you're looking at. So definitely worth a fly in your deeper or AL only leagues. That said the lineup spot, not going to be super premier by any means. So the upside is a little bit limited. Um, but again, everyday plate appearances is something that we can really jump on board with here. So definitely keep an eye on when he is coming back and try to get him. If you have deep enough benches. Um, also someone that Chovzi wanted me to bring up too, is obviously Reed Detmers. Um, he had a really tough matchup because he was pitching against the Astros for his first start of the year. Um, Got hit hard a lot, but it was because he was leaving a lot of pitches right down the middle. A lot of breaking balls up in the zone. Uh,
0: not what you want.
1: Not great, yeah. So, although he didn't get absolutely destroyed, he probably got a little bit lucky because he left a lot of pitches in really, really bad spots. Um, So, something to keep an eye on. He's better than what he showed. Um. But again, he should be rostered more than 10% of leagues, I would say, especially as like yeah. someone who you can stream. So keep an eye on that. If you have like, if there's like daily moves or daily ads, uh, maybe aim for grabbing him the next time you can make a nice streaming start. And then if he does well and has another good matchup coming up, just hang on to him, stash him on the bench.
0: Love it. Yeah. Because I, I asked you to talk about him.
1: Yes. <laughs> I hope I did it justice. Um, yeah, okay, let's talk about what we got next. Red Sox and Yankees, Schwebzi. take it away.
0: Yes, uh, this is probably going to be another quick one. On the Yankee side of things, I, my main takeaway here is that the bullpen is going to be really, really stupidly good. And there's value to be had here, whether it's Lois Sega or, like, I, I like Michael King a lot. Like, I think he could be a bulk guy with quality Ks and ratios. I can't get out of my head uh, an appearance that Michael King had against the Mets last year where he just it it was one of the most dominant relief appearances I've ever seen he came in and got I think it was like seven or eight outs in long relief and just absolutely destroyed the Mets and he basically did that again today against the Red Sox so uh, I'm also furious that the Mets traded Miguel Castro to the Yankees because he's got some truly electric stuff and could wind up being a high leverage arm for them uh, like the Yankees needed another one of those. Uh, so Xander Bogarts got injured today. He expressed some optimism that he'd be available for Saturday's game, but if not, be ready to roster Christian Arroyo, who was productive last year before getting hurt himself.
1: Yeah, I take that, uh, Bogarts. With with Bogarts out, I would assume that they would shift Story over to shortstop, and they have uh, Arroyo play second.
0: Yeah, in theory.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's good. I mean, I don't. I really. God, that's. I don't know why they're not just having Story play shortstop.
0: Stubbornness on Bogart's part, I guess. Probably. Yeah. And
1: yeah, I don't know. I I get it, but at the same time, that's rough. You
0: You have to have that like unwavering faith in yourself to be a professional athlete.
1: True. That is true.
0: probably not. Not probably not a lot of self awareness there on his shortcomings as a uh, defender. Yeah.
1: I mean, all we care about is the bat here, but. Yes. Yeah, the defense does help out, obviously, and being healthy. Um, All right, uh, let's go to my next one here. Let's talk about the White Sox and Tigers. So I don't actually have a lot to say about this at all. I mean, like, Gregory Soto gave up a dinger in a save opportunity, which was unfortunate for the three or four teams that I roster him on. Um, Same. He still got the job. He was named the closer. I don't think one outing is going to drive him out of that role, obviously. But at the same time, I said at the end of last year that Michael Fulmer was someone who could eventually get some save opportunities, and he looked great at the end of last year. Although his velo is down to begin this year, so maybe just keep an eye on it. If he picks back up at some point here, then he's still worth a, a flyer, potentially.
0: Um, but Do, do we uh, care at all about Jake Berger with Yohan Moncada being hurt?
1: For a little bit. I mean is only on the 10-day IL, so I don't think it's gonna be a super long stint, but as like a stopgap filler, maybe. He's hitting ninth too, so the I mean or at least he did um today. So I mean the at bats are gonna be slightly limited because of that as well. Um sort of ish. I, I really don't know
0: with Berger. Well, so regarding Soto. Uh, we we talked about this earlier. I'm of the opinion that if you have a guy that you're lo- you have locked in as your closer and you tell him he's your closer on like you know March 10th or whenever it was, yeah. I don't think, I don't think you take that role from him after one tie game home run.
1: Oh no, no.
0: I I think he's still got that job at least for another blown save or two.
1: Yeah, it just makes me a little bit sad because I have him on
0: so it many does. teams. But got that got that vulture win though. Oh, he did. He did.
1: I forgot about that. Oh, that's nice. At least thanks for doing that. I <laughs> appreciate it. All um, right, Swabsy. Let's go to the Mariners Twins.
0: Ooh, yes. This is an interesting one. Maybe the biggest news from this series, from a fantasy perspective, is Drew Steckenrider getting the first Mariners save of the year with Paul Seawald setting him up. So this could mean one of two things: either Steckenrider is the guy or the Mariners just wanted Paul Seawall to face the top of the order and then let Second Rider get you know, a couple of easier bats. Hard to say at this point, but honestly, we're not going to know until there's another save opportunity, probably. Uh, I'm still hoping that Cal Raleigh, Mr. Big Dumper himself, will run away with the catcher job now that he's uh, got some more major league experience under his belt. This was one of the only other uh, mailbag questions that we got today. Uh, the question was, Will I be more in on Cal Raleigh now that I've moved to Raleigh? And, uh, the answer to that question is that the man's name, nickname is Big Dumper. I did not need any more reason to be in on him. I'm already all in on Big Dumper. Uh, so on the,
1: <laughs> on the, uh, I just love, I just love that. That nickname is a thing. So great. And the fact that, I mean, mostly we still laugh at it, but just the fact that people kind of say it with a straight face in any capacity blows my mind.
0: Uh, Love it. Also just the phrase,
1: I'm in on big dumper. Out of context.
0: All in in on big dumper. All all in that big dumper. (laughs) But yeah, like I'm probably leaving him on the waiver wire for right now. But if any catcher injuries Fair. occur in like a two-catcher league, uh, Raleigh is probably, you know, one of the guys I'm going to be looking at as a replacement. Big Dumper is one of the guys I'm going to be looking at. <laughs> now, on the Minnesota side of things, speaking of catchers, Gary Sanchez DH today while Ryan Jeffers caught, which is encouraging for us. It's kind of like a a Toronto situation. Uh Because we like Ryan Jeffers, and we want Ryan Jeffers Mm -hmm. to get plate appearances. So that's really encouraging for us. And then Joan Duran, I'm probably saying that wrong, was absolutely electric today in his two-inning appearance. And he's got the kind of arm that can provide fantasy goodness in nearly any role, depending on your league, of course. But the dude is, like, silly. He was throwing, like, 96-mile-an-hour splitters. I'm just going to come right out and say that that should be illegal. You should not be allowed to do that. I don't think that's fair or cool. Um, I I don't think he should do that anymore. But (laughs) (laughs) moving over to the uh, the Rangers and Blue Jays. Oh, my God. I'm just realizing that I have, like, the last three of these.
1: Yeah, we didn't split the workload evenly. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) We're good at this, guys. Yeah. Brad Miller led off today, which is... similar to Vogelbach.
1: Just, I, yeah, not the person who I expected to be leading off for the Rangers at all. I needed a lead off home run. Yes. Which is cool.
0: There was one episode we did where we were talking about, uh, we were talking about like specific categories and outfielders we were targeting for specific categories. And I said, Willie Calhoun was a guy because he might be hitting leadoff. Turns out he hit ninth today, which is fantastic for for my predictions. But <laughs> we're gonna have to see if this is a lefty righty thing, because I I would be shocked if Brad Miller led off against lefties. That honestly might just get flipped when there's a, a righty in there, sorry, a lefty on the mound. But we'll have to keep an eye on it. Uh, if Miller is a strong side leadoff guy, he becomes way more interesting as a fantasy asset because that adds potential runs to his uh, strengths along with the power. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wish I could quit Spencer Howard. Since the last episode, we found out that he was making the major league team and rolling as the fifth starter. He had a pretty strong spring training, and I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on how he looks once the games matter, because the, the talent hasn't gone away. And I was really enamored with that talent last year. So, you know, here's hoping he can make something of that talent.
1: Uh, What about uh, the Blue Jays?
0: Yeah, another thing that happened since our last episode was a trade. Love all these trades. This was a weird one. one. Uh, We've been saying, hey, Blue Jays, trade one of your catchers, please. And then they traded one of their catchers. And we were like, no, not like this because they simply traded their catcher for another catcher. They traded Reese McGuire for Zach Collins. Now in the first game of their season, they had Alejandro Kirk de-aging and they had Danny Jansen catching, which is what we want. But the catcher that they traded for is Zach Collins from the White Sox is a lefty hitter. Mm -hmm. So we don't know if he's going to steal strong side platoon at-bats from somebody. We're going to keep an eye on it. It's uh, it's it, it could have a, a an adverse impact on both or either of Jansen or Alejandro Kirk. Got to keep an eye on it, but so far so good.
1: Yeah, I mean, but Jansen had to hom- had a homer today.
0: Jansen right? did hit a dong,
1: which means that you're ahead of me currently in our our catcher board bet.
0: At the moment, yeah, yeah. even with Nola leading off. It's true that that is Stasi and Jansen versus Nola and Narvaez.
1: Yes, correct. And yeah, Narvaez actually hasn't seen that much action. Thinking about it.
0: Yeah, that ran out didn't help.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, but it's what it is. Um, I still feel confident in my choices, although. No, no, Nola got the day off today. He did get the day off today
0: with, um, with your other catcher boy, uh, Jorge Alfaro, getting the start.
1: Man, he hits the ball so hard. He does. Oh, it's going to be so fun to watch him. I think that he's going to thrive in San Diego. Um, anyways. Uh, all right. The last one that we wanted to talk about here, Orioles Rays. Schwebzee, you wrote this one up as well. Please take it away.
0: Yep. One, one last thing about Alfaro. It must be nice getting shipped off from Miami to San Diego. Honestly, yeah. That's, that's, what, what, what a life. You don't get to live in Miami anymore. You know where you get to live? San Diego.
1: Must be rough, I say, as I sit in my dining room in Wisconsin, as it literally was sleeting today on April 8th. Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) I
0: hate it here. (laughs) Uh, Uh. The Orioles and Rays. I love what I saw from my, my pair of Orioles middle infield boys today, as Jorge Mateo and Ramon Urias... Had a hit apiece with Mateo chipping in a walk, and Urias actually had two of the three hard-hit balls that Shane McClanahan allowed today, one of which was a double, the other of which was a 387-foot out that went right to the wall, just a just a bit short. I still love both of these guys as not nearly rostered enough middle infielders, Uh I had to make a choice when Fernando Tatis went down in TGFBI. I had to make a choice between Mateo and Urias. I went with Mateo just because I needed to replace Tatis's steals. I think if I wanted a bat, I would have went more for uh, Urias. So uh, on the other side of this series, somehow in one game, the Rays managed to make their bullpen infinitely more confusing as Andrew Kittredge came away with a save. Um, uh, sorry. A win. Kittredge came away with the win, and God, I've I've already forgotten who got who who got the save. He was so like irrelevant in the saves picture that I've, I I don't even know who it is.
1: Oh, um, we literally just talked about it before we started recording. oh <laughs> uh, gosh, it's it's someone. It's just...
0: Brooke, Brooks. Raley. Brooks. 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 Yep. It, who even is? Who who are you? Uh, God, he's,
1: he's, he's the current saves leader for the Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay race,
0: the current saves leader for MLB actually true tied. Yeah. Actually, uh, (laughs) (laughs) pushes my glasses up my nose. Uh, interesting thing about that save is it was a one out save. And the guy who got the first two outs of the night inning was JP Fireison, who we both like, because he's got great stuff, and he's a Bofa, and we love Bofa around here.
1: Not, 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 not as much as we like D's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh we we my. need to not record at two a.m. But we um, get goofy,
1: a little bit too goofy when we do this.
0: I I don't I don't think this actually changes my outlook of the Rays pen. Yeah, because. They had Kittredge come in to face like the top of the order, yep. which is the only scary part of the Orioles lineup. And then they had Fire Ice and, and Rayleigh close the game out against, you know, like the middle of the order, which is not that scary for the, the Orioles for, you know for a lot of teams, the middle of the order is the meat. But uh, the Orioles have Mullins, Mount Castle, Mancini, one, two, three, so that's, that's mm-hmm. the heart of their order. Uh, so I really I think Kittredge is still the guy. I think uh, that he's not going to be the capital C closer, but he is going to get the most saves. At, you know, at, at this point in time, unless there's an injury or something.
1: Yeah, it's basically just baby C closers there. I mean, in yeah. order of how I want to roster them on any of my teams, it's definitely like Kittredge, Fireison, not really anyone else. Like that's pretty.
0: Long, it's just it's one yeah, and long, one B for And before he gets a Rayleigh again.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, Loved Eisen ever since he was with the Brewers. Obviously it was heartbreaking when he got traded because I really liked him a lot. Um, Even Rasmussen. I miss a little bit. I'm not as high on Rasmussen as Schwebzy is, but at the same time, I think that I think one of the reasons his fastball plays up is I know like we've talked about this before the episode and other times as well is that, The mound in Tampa Bay, multiple players have said that they like pitching there because it it allows them to approach hitters at a more steep angle and helps their fastballs play up a bit. I know that Liam Hendricks has said that before. It's like one of his favorite places to pitch. And I think that bears out in a lot of uh, underlying data that you can find for folks that pitch there in terms of, uh, basically, extension on their pitches. So...
0: Uh, I'm starting. I'm starting Rasmussen against you in the league that we're competing in. I can't wait till he throws a bunch of zeros up.
1: God, I can't wait for you to crash and burn. Please, <laughs> please, I need this. I just need one one thing. I, th- I think I'm undefeated against you in this league. You are. I mean, you, the team that you adopted is disgusting. To be fair, it's
0: such. A, it's so good.
1: Very, very good. Pitching is garbage, but your offense is near nigh unbeatable. I would say. Um, but yeah,
0: you're just trying to reverse jinx me.
1: Not true. I'm complimenting your team, simply. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm complimenting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm complimenting your offense, and I'm just pooping all over your pitching staff.
0: That's fair. Yeah.
1: No. All right. Um. It is now currently what time is it?
0: One fifty nine. Yeah, that's basically perfect.
1: That's, that's a perfect. Uh, ending point at two a.m. Uh, on the East Coast. Uh, that'll be it for this week's episode of In the Deep. Thank you all so much for joining us once again. We appreciate it. If you like the podcast, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice also you can follow us on twitter at in the deep pl or individually at shwebzy that's s-h-w-e-b-s-i or bunt singles for myself Uh, and we will see you next week with a little bit more context for our second regular season episode shwebzy send them out bye friends